This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is January the 9th, 2024. It's been 3,635 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 320 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at events that happened yesterday. During the podcast, you can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed, and there is a link in the podcast description. The Russia-Ukraine war report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine. The Russian Ministry of Defense and the Ukrainian General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine Morning Reports Operational Commands North, South and East of Ukraine, Open Source Intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mail bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment, which only has minor updates from yesterday. If you want to skip ahead, that's okay, because I won't even know. 1. We maintain it is unlikely that the United States will provide additional military or financial aid to Ukraine in 2024. 2. The continued impasse in the United States Congress to provide additional military aid to Ukraine and the passive response to Russian kinetic and hybrid aggression is contributing to Russia's expanding access with North Korea and Iran and global hybrid warfare. 3. We maintain the armed forces of Ukraine are facing critical ammunition shortages that are directly impacting the ability to maintain existing defensive lines. 4. We maintain that Ukrainian forces no longer have the combat potential to engage in any offensive operations, and Russian troops are capable of additional tactical success and achieving limited operational goals. 5. The reduction in Ukrainian combat potential is a direct result of blocked aid from the United States and the European Union. 6. Russian forces have established an operational objective to capture Chasyviar west of Bakhmut. 7. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations and are committed to capturing the Avdiivka salient, regardless of the cost. 8. We maintain that combat that closely resembles World War I trench warfare versus 21st-century combined arms maneuver warfare will continue through meteorological winter, which ends on February 29, 2024. 9. While the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat should be taken seriously. 
We are very troubled by the latest report from the International Atomic Energy Agency and the lack of international attention. In the Kupiansk area of operation, or AO in Kharkiv region, the Russian offensive is reaching a culmination point but will restart as more reinforcements are brought in. Mutual positional fighting continued north of Sinkivka with no change to the situation. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or ARMOD, reported that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive near Pershotravneve. Northwest of Kremenna in Luhansk region, Russian forces maintained pressure east of Terny near the Luhansk-Donetsk administrative border. Southwest of Kremenna, a prominent Russian mail blogger reported that positional fighting continued south of Dubrova. Next, let's talk about the Donbass. In the Siversk AO, Russian forces attempted to advance north from Belohorivka, that's the one in Donetsk region, in the direction of Vyimka, without success. Further south, in the Bakhmut AO, Russian sources reported that offensive operations were ongoing on the edge of Bogdanivka and at Khromove. Southwest of Bakhmut, Russian sources claimed Russian troops were attempting to advance toward Ivanivska. In the Klishivka AO, mutual positional fighting continued north and east of Klishivka, with no change in the situation. In southwest Donetsk, Ukrainian forces made tactically significant gains on the north flank of the Avdivka AO. Russian forces continued their attempts to advance toward Novobakhmutivka without success. The Ukrainian 47th Motor Infantry Brigade received a new batch of first-person view, or FPV, one-way drones, and put them to good use, forcing Russian troops to leave the eastern edges of Stepove. The war map was adjusted. Positional fighting continued northeast of the Avdivka coke plant compound. On the southern flank, positional fighting continued in the no-man's land between Vodyane and Severne, in the eastern part of Pervomaiske and east of the Ukrainian firebase at Nevelske. In the Marienka AO, Russian forces continued their attacks east of Georgievka near the fishing pond dam, with Ukrainian forces under significant pressure. Russian troops also continued their attempts to advance on Pobeda from the northeast. In the Vogledar AO, Russian forces were pushed further south and southeast of Novomikhailivka, after suffering significant losses on January 8. Russian mail blogger Semyon Pegov wrote that Ukrainian forces had achieved, quote, tactical success. Propagandist Maltimax was even more pessimistic, writing, quote, The situation is really difficult, he means for Russia. In the central part of the village, enemy surveillance equipment is still functioning, which has not been knocked out despite the intensity of the attacks, unquote. In the Staromlinivka AO, it's become more active. Renewed fighting was reported west of Staromayorska, and Armod claimed Ukrainian forces continued offensive operations near Priyutne. Outside of occupied Mariupol, Russian engineers are building a gas pipeline that would connect the war-ravaged city with the Russian natural gas distribution network. Recent satellite images show that work on establishing the railroad line between Mariupol and Taganrog, Russia, has slowed, with little progress made between the settlements of Burne and Malovodne. Now it's time to talk about Zaporizhia. 
Fighting continued in the Orihiveo, with positional battles and harassment attacks continued west of Verbova. Russian sources claimed, without evidence, that Ukrainian troops advanced south of Robotene, reaching the administrative border of Novoprokopivka. We can't verify their claims. In the Hersonio, fighting continued in the forests south of Krynke and on the edge of the settlement. There has been a significant change of tone in the Russian information space, with Milblogger's Romanov Light to Majors and Rybar writing glum assessments. The shift in tone started at the same time there were reports that the Russian commander of the Dnipro group of troops, Colonel General Mikhail Teplinsky, is starting to fall out of favor with the Kremlin. Russian forces lost another company of mechanized infantry during another failed attempt to enter part of the settlement. Frontline units continue to complain about a lack of electronic warfare gear, air and artillery support, and the quality and number of Ukrainian drone strikes. I have some updates from northern Ukraine. In the Kyiv region, four teenagers were arrested for setting a railroad signal control box on fire near Borispil. The high school students claimed they didn't do it out of political motivation or cohesion by Russian sources, but as a random act of vandalism. In the Sumo oblast, two Shahid 136 one-way drones struck the Palace of Culture in Krasnopilya. There were no reports of injuries. Ukrainian explosive ordnance disposal engineers neutralized the warhead to a Russian KH-32 supersonic cruise missile that crashed into a field. It is unclear if the missile was intercepted by air defense or suffered a technical failure. Here's the situation on the Russian front. In the Ariol region, Two Ukrainian one-way drones struck a fuel storage tank at a depot in Klitschkov. Local officials initially reported no casualties or damage. Photos showed one storage tank and other infrastructure was destroyed, and it was later reported three people were wounded. In Moscow and the surrounding suburbs, almost 150,000 homes are without heat, despite sub-zero temperatures. In some parts of the city, residents have had no heat or hot water since mid-December. The failures have been caused by boiler houses breaking down, ruptured heating and streamlines, and stolen equipment. With residents standing outside by bonfires in minus 25 Celsius temperatures to stay warm, one perk enjoyed by local officials is no one is complaining about the scarcity and price of eggs. Hackers with the Blackjack Group shut down the Moscow-area internet provider M9.com. Hackers claim they wiped the company's database and stole over 20 terabytes of data. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. Our team of journalists, researchers and analysts is funded by readers, listeners and viewers just like you. To support independent journalism, please consider becoming a patron. You can find us on patreon.com at Malcontent News. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Now, on to theater-wide events. The spokesperson of the Ukrainian Air Force, Colonel Yuri Ignat, denied that a turbine-powered Shahid-238 one-way drone was shot down on January the 8th. Speaking on Marathon, Ignat said, quote, How can we confirm if we didn't find it? Whoever found it, let them confirm, show and tell. The Deputy Prime Minister of Innovation, Education, Science and Technology, Minister for Digital Transformation of Ukraine, Mikhailo Fedorov, said that over 200 companies are making drones for the Ukrainian military. Quote, One million drones per year is quite a realistic number. The market has accelerated much faster than there is money to buy UAVs. Therefore, it is necessary to increase funding. Unquote. The Ministry of Defense announced it was terminating all existing contracts with companies run by Igor Grinkevich. A criminal case has been opened up against the businessman from Lviv for failing to deliver clothing and other military supplies. Canadian news channel CTV reported that an SMC defense system that Ottawa promised to buy for Ukraine in March 2023 still hasn't been delivered, despite transferring $406 million to the United States and a signed contract with Raytheon. The Kongsberg company in Norway, which builds NASAMS in cooperation with Raytheon, reported they never received a contract from the United States or Canada. When CTV reached out to the Ministry of Defense of Canada, they were told to speak to the Pentagon. The U.S. Department of Defense referred CTV investigators back to Ottawa. The Minister of Foreign Affairs for the United Kingdom, David Cameron, vowed to continue support for Ukraine. Quote, Together with our allies, we want to make it very clear to Putin that his wait-and-see policy will not work with us. We are ready to support Ukraine during 2024, 2025, 2026. We are ready to provide them with this support, since this is the main challenge for our generation. Unquote. The Prime Minister of Estonia, Kaya Kalas, vowed to dedicate one quarter of 1% of GDP over the next four years to military aid for Ukraine, saying, quote, If each country contributes, then Ukraine will be able to win the war against Russia. Speaking with the Washington Post, the general director for the Center for European Policy Analysis in Washington, Alina Polakova, warned that if Congress fails to provide more aid to Ukraine, it will mark the end of an era for the United States. Quote, I think that Russia's victory in Ukraine will, frankly speaking, be the end of the United States' global leadership. Unquote. With only six business days left before a partial government shutdown, Congress is signaling that another 45 to 60 day continuing budget resolution will be passed without addressing US border security, military aid for Ukraine, Taiwan, Israel, or the Philippines, and humanitarian aid for Palestinians. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell softened his position, calling for a supplemental aid package to be passed with the continuing resolution. The world is literally at war, McConnell told reporters. Quote, 
Make no mistake about it. This is the most serious international situation we have faced since the Berlin Wall came down. We've got wars that we are familiar with in the Middle East and in Europe. Iran's proxies in Gaza, Lebanon and Yemen attacking Israel. The Houthis actually attacking us directly, in addition to shutting down commerce in the Red Sea. Iranian proxies attacking us, our soldiers in Iraq and Syria. Russia is stepping up missile attacks in Ukraine while we are gone. China, of course, watching all of this, concerned about next year's election in Taiwan. Unquote. A petition was reportedly moving through the European Parliament to take away Hungary's voting rights in the Council of Europe. The Finnish-led initiative would use Article 7 of the Treaty of the EU. Hungary signaled it was prepared to lift its blockade of 50 billion euros in aid to Ukraine if the assistance is reviewed every year for the next four years. There is skepticism about the offer, with delegates pointing out that Orban could withhold the funds every year and demand more concessions from EU leadership. German defense company FFG announced it would build a repair hub in western Ukraine in a joint venture for Ukroboronprom. The facility will service Leopard 1A5 medium-duty tanks, wizened engineering vehicles and components of the Iris-T air defense system. What's happening in the land of Mobix, Mobilization and Mir? State Duma deputy and chairman of the Defense Committee Andrei Kartapolov reiterated that Russian Mobix will continue to serve in Ukraine until death, disability or the end of the so-called special military operation. Quote, there is no need to disband anyone. This is being thrown around by our enemies. Citizens of the Russian Federation liable for military service were called up. Every citizens of the Russian Federation liable for military service must be ready at any time, at the behest of the motherland, to come and complete the task. Unquote. Kartapolov added there wouldn't be additional mobilization in the spring, but current mobics who have, quote, already served for a year cannot be released because they have managed to become military professionals, unquote. State Duma deputy and member of the Defense Committee Viktor Sobolev called for family members of Mobix to stop organizing protests. Quote, the outrage of women is quite understandable, but the issue is very serious. Obviously, there can be no talk of any rotation in the near future. This is not an issue that should be resolved at rallies, squares and streets. Unquote. Yesterday, we shared a report by British intelligence that Moscow was reforming Smirsh units. On the Russian Facebook clone VK, the social media pages for Smirsh units were deleted. What's Vladimir Putin doing to tighten his grip on power? Let's talk about the ongoing Putin purge. Political prisoner Alexei Navalny wrote that he had been placed in a punishment cell at the Polo Wolf penal colony. Quote, the idea that Putin was satisfied that he had locked me up in a barracks in the far north and would now stop harassing me in a punishment cell was not only cowardly but naive. I had just left quarantine when the convicted Navalny refused to introduce himself properly, does not respond to educational work and does not draw the proper conclusions for himself. 
seven days in a punishment cell, unquote. After an undisclosed accident at the Klimovsky munition plant knocked out hit to thousands, Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered the company nationalized. The factory was led by Putin's former bodyguard Igor Rudika and FSB agent Colonel Igor Kushnikov. The lead singer of the musical group Puppies, Maxim Maiseev, was sentenced to 10 days in jail for performing in St. Petersburg wearing an evening formal wear sock and nothing else. This is only the start of problems for Maiseev, who is now under investigation for discrediting the armed forces of the Russian Federation for a series of poems he wrote critical of the so-called special military operation. He was also given a summons to report to the military commissariat after serving his 10-day sentence. In our war crimes and human rights section, we sometimes discuss human suffering, torture and abuse. There are no graphic descriptions in today's podcast. In occupied Kherson, illegitimate leader and gauleiter Vladimir Salda ordered the Ministry of Health to organize medical commissions and perform physicals and forced military registration of all 17-year-old males. The conscription of children and people who are under occupation, even if they want to join the military to fight against their own country, is a violation of international humanitarian law. In occupied Zaporizhia region, a similar order was given, with farm owners and farm workers facing fines of up to 400,000 rubles if they don't register for military service. The order extends to 16- and 17-year-old males. A Russian S-300 anti-aircraft missile used for a ground attack damaged the children's hospital in Kharkiv. No injuries were reported. The intentional targeting of hospitals and medical facilities is a violation of international humanitarian law. On January 6, a video recorded a Russian missile striking the hospital in Pokrovsk, destroying the surgical theater that was in use at the time of the attack. It is unknown if anyone in the surgical suite was killed or wounded. We will link to the video in our situation report. There is more information in the podcast description. Finally, we close with geopolitics and economics. German citizen Eric Binkley reached the find-out stage of FAFO during a trip to Russia. The Federal Security Service of Russia detained Binkley for taking pictures of a train in Murmansk. He reportedly told Russian officials he liked trains and took the picture due to his personal interest and is now missing. Maybe a tourism trip to Russia isn't a good idea right now. And that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.